You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Performance Group Podcast. My name is Sean Kirby, and on today's episode, I am joined by Megan Jones of Pendleton Optometry. Pendleton's family optometry. optometry. (laughs) Um, It's actually my office neighbor. Um, We used to be next to the police, and then Megan... Megan said no more police, and she moved in next door, put in the eye doctor, and then we've been neighbors for the last two years, three years? Yeah, four now, yeah. Four years. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, Yeah, so Megan's been our neighbor for a while. Um, Their mail gets sent here. Our mail gets sent there. One of those little neighborly things. And um, I asked Megan to jump on the podcast and talk about her locally owned small business. Um, Not a lot of people know that doctors can be and are self-employed individuals. Most think that they work for St. Vincent's and communities and all these big, large conglomerates. Um, so I think it's going to be a very interesting perspective and good to know that people can support local even with their vision and visual vision care. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Hi, Megan. Hi. Thank you. Uh-huh. So um, quickly, we did uh, discuss the things that were off the limits, right? We discussed all the buried evidence that you found in the police office when you guys remo- <laughs> yeah. remodeled it. Did it's you find anything? Very cool. Yes. No, we didn't find anything. Yes. No. No, we didn't find anything. Yeah. It is. Are you contra- contractually obligated to say no? no we didn't I'm find not. anything. The coolest thing was, though, you know, one of those things you see on TV where it's like a window, the one side you can see through, but not the other one. I'm like, that would have been cool to keep. But yeah. We didn't. Why not? We tore down every wall. Every wall. Except for the mechanical room. So, so were were you practicing um, optometry prior to? Did you have your own practice? Was yes. there its own? Pra- it's your dad's practice originally. No, this no, is not I your did dad's practice. Totally different. So my dad started a cold optometry practice in Newcastle back okay. in 1977, and then he brought another doctor in in '95, and then I went to optometry school and finished in 2004. So when I finished school. The practice in Newcastle didn't have room for a third doctor, which was fine. And so I went to school with another optometrist. Well, she was a student at the time, a year older than me, from Pendleton. And she had looked into joining Dr. Crafton's practice, which was the one at the other location where I was. But she got married and moved to Pennsylvania, so she was like, hey, you know, you might be interested in this with me being from Newcastle. So I met with Dr. Crafton, joined that practice like two weeks after graduation, and then that August, I bought it because Dr. Crafton was going to have back surgery and said she was out for nine months. So it was kind of like, all right, here we go. Dang. So my dad and I never really worked together just because of the way it worked. And then he sold his optometry practice back in 2015 in Newcastle. And then now he works with me one day a week. And that's something. So that, it all worked out, just not the timing people thought. So, so yeah. You, it, I guess you could call it a family business, even though it's not a family business. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Did the whole time you were growing up, you knew you were going to be an eye doctor? You were just like, just, you know, this is what dad does? Is yeah, what... it was one of those things where 
my mom worked, but she never went to college, you know. She's had different jobs, and my dad did, you know, go to college and everything and was an optometrist, and so it always just seemed like he liked the job, never complained about it, you know, liked working with people, and so back in sixth grade when you would write what you wanted to be when you would grow up, I wrote optometrist, which is hilarious. That is funny. how young I was at the time. So growing up, um, probably when I was about 15 or 16, I started working in his office, not doing technician work, more like filing charts, answering phones, things like that. And so when I went to school in Bloomington, my parents encouraged me to get a job with a different optometrist just to make sure this is what you want to do because, you know, your yeah. graduate school's expensive that I'll be paying for. So, and I did. So I got a job with an optometrist down there and yeah. Liked it. I'd yes. already been around a similar... Right. And I like, you know, you can go different ways with optometry. You know, like you were talking about private practice where you own your own business or you could work for, you know, a corporation, different things. But I don't know, I guess the private practice, and I don't know if it's because that's what my dad did and that's what I grew up with, but that's the route that I went. So, yeah. And do yeah. you think that's a freedom thing or just something you kind of always saw? So you, And the situation yeah. kind of got thrust into when you were... Straight out yeah, of school, and then you go, right. okay, I guess I'm buying this place? Yeah, I like working with all ages, so that's the nice thing about you know, private practice. I mean, I see kids under age one all the way up to patients in their 90s, so I love that because I love all different ages. You have different needs and care for people, um, so I'm not like you know secluded to just pediatrics or just geriatrics, which you can do that in private practice. You know, I can see whatever ages. I can set how my schedule is, you know, I'm not pushed to sell a certain type of contacts or a certain type yeah. of glasses. So I do like that freedom, like you said about it. But as you know, in a small business, there's stress that goes along with it too. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot of stress that goes with it. Yeah. So you purchased your first practice at what age? 25. That's early. Oh yeah. I mean, coming out of school, you've got all this student loan debt. And Somebody gave you a loan for that? Or how'd that, how, how'd that work? So, um, I was, well, I had my student loan debt, right? From out Tree school. And then, um, Dr. Crafton and Dr. Lau owned the building. So luckily I just had to rent okay. her. She owned about a third of it. He owned two thirds. And so I bought the practice from her and she was gracious enough to let me pay over a certain amount of period of time. And basically you're buying the equipment, but you're also buying what they call the goodwill of the patients, meaning hoping they stay and come back and support you. Yes, absolutely, fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. I remember the days, you know, just sitting there and seeing a couple exams a day and hoping this was gonna all work out. Work out, but it did, yeah. So from a, and I'm gonna make this financial because that's kind of like the way my brain thinks. So yeah. when you're 25 years old and you're yeah. looking at the numbers mm -hmm. on how it's gonna work, how much, I mean, you went to school to look at eyeballs. Mm -hmm. did, did, was most of your education on purchasing a business informal or no. learned on the job? You kind of did, yeah. They, like third year, so there's four years of optometry school after your undergrad. Okay, so you have undergrad and then four years of optometry school. Your last year is all clinical rotation. So you're spending three months at, like I was at the Dayton VA Hospital, Indianapolis Eye Care Center, Muncie, and Bloomington, so you're all focused on patient care. So they do a class, but the year before that, which talks a little bit about the business, but not a lot. So, you know, I definitely had to learn from Dr. Crafton, the way she had set up. Mm -hmm. And my dad, of course, has been great. I mean, he's a great role model and helped me with stuff like that. Good mentor. Too. Absolutely. Plus yeah. the guy who'd been seen through it and yeah. going all the way through Well, he it. started to practice cold back in 77, so that means nobody, like, you know. But with me, luckily we had some patients, but Dr. Crafton had definitely went more part-time for health issues. So it's taken time to grow it 
for sure. Yeah. So yeah. you were in that building from what time to what time? From 2004, and then we moved over here um, February of 17, so oh, 13 wow. years. 13 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Really grew the practice there, or do you feel like it's really exploded you since know, you got our main? It's kind of been both. You know, I would say definitely over the last, you know, five years for sure, it's been good and growing. I feel like just gradually we grew it, but going from a doctor who had been there maybe three days a week, for me, trying to work, you know, five days a week at the time and grow yeah. it, it takes some time. Um, and I actually did. This is something not everybody knows. So you're asking something fun. Um, I filled in for another doctor in Muncie on Saturdays for about six years to earn a second paycheck as I was growing my business. So, but that again was the corporate environment. So it was fine for a day a week, but it made me really appreciate my private practice, being small town Pendleton, too. So, the, but that was one of the ways that helped me earn. Enough Money. income to, to keep, be able to, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just tr- how do you how do you yeah. stay in business? Yeah, exactly. First rule of business: stay in business. Second rule: make money. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, that's a lot of hours. Yeah. So twenty five. Um, when did you and Ricky get married? When I was twenty nine. Okay. Yeah, so two thousand eight. Yeah. How did you guys meet? When did you meet? So this is really funny too. He's two years younger than me. So okay. he grew up in Newcastle. So he has always been my brother's best friend or one of them growing up. So I've probably known him since elementary school. Oh, so he's been looking up to you for a long well, time. Yeah, he I mean, knew what he, he was says doing. that, and I was like, whatever, you know. And back then, I mean, I was like, I'm not going to date someone two years younger. Not that he would have even asked, but he jokes about it now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we kind of reconnected later on in our adult life and, yeah, got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you tell people anyways? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm sure he'd been thinking about it the whole time. Probably he finally not. got. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Those those young guys, that's yeah, exactly see what why I wanted about. him here, then he could chime in for you. Yeah, he'd probably agree with me. <laughs> yes, he would. That's funny. So then you guys met, you got married. Mm-hmm. And then first baby, what year? 2010, Sydney. Okay. Yep. So what was it like, the transition of working six days a week, you've got your own business, now you're newly married, and now we've got a new baby, and now I'm trying to juggle not only my business, but relationships and a young family. Yeah. What was that kind of like? I mean, it was hard, for sure. Um, I started at that point in time, I was still working on Saturdays, um, but I started taking Mondays off to have an extra day home with her. And it was good. My mom and in-laws, you know, helped a day or two a week. And then we had a great daycare provider. So it was good. Um, But it was a bit of a challenge, like you said. But, you know, it's one of those things I try to work really hard when I'm at work. And then when I get home, be a good mom. Like, shut it off as much as I can. That's hard. Um, But I told Ricky, I said, the difference is, you know, when I didn't have kids, I could come in early in the morning. I could stay up late at night. It didn't really matter. You know, he understood. But it's like when you have kids, like, you've got to be there and be present and be... And it doesn't get any easier. People tell you that. And I know you have a Perfect. little one. But it's like, you know, they get involved in stuff. I mean, well, it makes it worse. Yeah. Soccer, Taylor's got softball. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But it's all good. Well, thanks for that vote of confidence. That makes me feel You'll better. You'll be good. Yeah. yeah. You've got a good wife. Yeah, I do have a good <laughs> wife. I'm very grateful for a good understanding wife right. who puts up with me and everything else that happens in the world. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is having a sympathetic spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when did Ricky jump in and you brought him on full time? Yes, three years ago. Yep. So he had kind of joked over the years, like, when can I work for you? And I always said, never. Like, are you serious? Do you really want to work with me? And then I had a staff member leave on good terms, and I was like, all right, are you serious about this? So he had worked for Canteen Vending and was a route truck driver for seven years. So he worked very odd hours. He'd go in super early in the morning, you know, be done by 10 or 11, which works good while the kids were little and yeah. preschool. But, you know, 
come home, eat dinner, he'd go to bed. And so he was like, I don't want to be the exhausted dad anymore. And so it's been wonderful. I mean, he comes in early, gets the office opened up. You know, I come in, bring the girls or drop them off to school. He leaves early, picks them up. Like we totally make it work. So it's, and that's helped me because I never feel like I have to rush out anymore. And I think it gives him a better understanding of, oh, why is Megan in the office sometimes on Saturdays or Sundays catching up with things or, you know, I have to stay Because now it's him. <laughs> but now they've got a parent, you know, yeah. who can help them and you're not feeling guilty. So he gets lots of good dad time. Good. good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are, well, obviously with us being neighbors, we see you guys coming in, coming out, coming yeah. in, coming out, coming uh-huh. in, coming out. And yeah, you guys are busy as can be. You guys will fill this parking lot up in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. This parking lot used to be nice and easy. There was nobody. I know you're in like, here. I don't know if you like you being here. Yeah, well, it depends on <laughs> too the much. Day. Yeah, too much out there. Well, and sometimes it is just full, depending on what's going on. Well, in Pendleton. Yeah. yeah. Well, today is it's yes. same. Uh, today is the same day as the Highway 38 sale, so it's Friday. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see that it's packed. It is. And you guys are closed halfway through the day, anyways. We are. So. Yes. Fridays are good. Yeah. So you guys go grab some of that, whatever kind of food they got over there. They got turkey legs the size so of this they table. Have, yeah, yeah, I went home for a little. Actually, I did Jimmy's, so I did not go home. I there think, you go. Yeah. So buy local, support local. That's right. So let's kind of talk about that. So you are an independent eye care physician. Mm-hmm. Is that the best way to say it? That's that's fine, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. I'll go with it, yeah. Um, so let's kind of talk about how you were you know, impacted and your business was impacted during COVID because... You know, a lot of these physicians who work for large companies, you know, they still got paid during time off. Yeah. I mean, the story you told me before we started, I mean, you guys were, what's the worst case scenario? Yeah, we were, like you said, out for six weeks other than me seeing I emergencies. So that's, you know, few and far between a couple of weeks, just like you and I were talking about removing metal from the eye eye injury, stuff like that. And so it was stressful, especially you talking about Ricky and I yeah. working together. We went from, like I was telling you, employed to unemployed. So it was very stressful. But luckily, you know, we were talking about the PPP loan, which um, I was able to get the first round of that. Um, first Merchants was great for us. I mean, they reached out to me like, all right, here we go. Like, And, um, you know, then you're like, do we get it? Like, do we get the first round? Yeah. <laughs> How are we bringing everybody back? Um, and yeah, brought all my staff members back. Uh, but six weeks was a long time. Six weeks so is a, a long time. a lot of time. mental stress. I mean, I was in and out of the office all the time just trying to figure out what to do, watching lots of webinars, trying to get education, whether it was from bankers, accountants, other optometrists. Um, Rochelle was serendipity. And, uh, serendipity. We talk a lot. Yeah. Our lives parallel quite a bit um, with different things, being business owners. So she and I were laughing about so many things are very similar. I'd be like, did you get it? Did you get it? Did like, how, when did you turn this in? Well, it felt so hush-hush. Yes. I mean, like nobody really knew what was going no. on. And then there was no real explanation. And the only thing you saw on the news was bad news. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it was a very scary time. So yeah. I'm very... How about you guys? Like, what did you end up doing? Uh, my wife's an ER nurse, so I was, yeah. and I had a five-month-old at the time, so I went home. It was middle of tax, right at the beginning of yes. tax. So we went from, dad would have 500 appointments, individual appointments during three months to close the front door, lock it, shove your stuff through the door, and we'll figure out how to do e-signatures. And yeah. I mean, we weren't necessarily designed for that, but we um, we had just hired our first non-like family person in the office, Eve, obviously from Q&A with Mike yeah. and Eve. If you look up uh, prior episodes, he's in those. Um, and he's the best. And since then, we've actually grown our practice to where we've hired two more people. We have three more contractors. Good. So 
everything happens for a reason is the way I look at it. Um, You know, unfortunately, a lot of people were severely affected by, Mm -hmm. you know, the shutdowns and so much misinformation and misunderstanding. And that's why part of the, you know, what I try to do and we try to do with this podcast is talk to business owners about how'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Mm -hmm. How can we make this better for more people? What's still available? Those types of things. So I don't know. We were lucky. I mean, you know, once we got back, um, we were blessed with our patient, you know, coming in, trusting us that what we're doing to protect everyone. Yeah. Mask ordinances. Yeah. So it's been good. Yeah. And that's what I was telling a patient today. I'm like, a year ago was this was the week we opened back up, like that first week of May. So that's crazy. Now it's been a year. So that's um, that's a good you know dinner bell to ring. Yes, the, that we're still here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So twelve yeah. months later, how are things? Yeah, we're good. Busy. G- busy. Yes. Everybody. Um, I mean, the, I don't know how Vision Care works. I think my wife has it. She's a client. Um, yeah. I don't really. So I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I got one eye test once. Um, <laughs> When I was getting a physical, and they told me I had fifteen twenty vision, and I've relied on that for the last probably decade. Like I truly, I, that was when I was fifteen years old. Should I get my eyes checked? Yes, you should. Not just for the vision, but just checking the health. Yeah. So you know? let's talk about the health of yes. eyeballs because <laughs> that is what I am truly curious about. Yes. All I've ever done with involving an eyeball is fifth grade. They gave me a cow eye, sliced it, <laughs> I looked at it, poked it, juice came out, and that was it. So talk to me about the human eye and the importance of people going and seeing you and looking at things and, you know, vision is a very important thing. Right. And that's, that's the thing with some eye diseases, you know, it sneaks up on you. So it's not always something with the vision, but you know, like when you walk into the office, we do pre-testing. So we check your peripheral vision. We check your eye pressure. So you hear about eye pressure getting too high. How do you do that? Well, the puff of air is one way people act like they hate it. puff of air? Puff of air in the eye. Texture you like you blow in their eyes? It's a machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have the lady at the front desk. Um, and then we also do an estimate of the prescription. We actually can take a picture of the inside of the eye. So through your pupil, you can look at the back of the eye, and you can see the optic nerve, what comes in from the brain to give you vision. What do you mean? You got a camera? Yeah. You got a camera that can look inside my eye? I do, yes. But isn't the idea that when you look into your lover's eyes, you can see like... <laughs> Your relationship? I shouldn't be able to see my ocular nerves. Oh, you'll have to come try out this camera and then you'll get to see it. So, yeah. how... That's a heck of a piece of machine. So you go in, you look at the ocular nerve. Right, and then I do my stuff too, of course, which is check the vision, you know, see if they need a vision prescription for glasses, contacts. Is that based off of the letter board? So, well, do you know the... Have you them. memorized the board? Is it a different board in everybody's well, office? it's is now it? like computerized. So the numbers or letters can be like generated differently. It's not just a like chart on a wall anymore. It isn't? No, oh, you need to come over. I have no idea. <laughs> so do that. And then, of course, we fit glasses, contacts, manage some eye disease, you know, like early detection of macular degeneration or glaucoma. But, you know, sometimes you'll find patients who are diabetic and don't know it. Yeah. So you may be the first line. Um, same thing with stroke. Like I had a patient didn't know he had a stroke and he called and came in. I'm like, mm, I don't think it's something wrong with your eyes, but I think we need to go to the ER. And he did, you know, oh, so wow. sometimes you'll detect other things, but you're right. Vision is a great way. Um, not only to just check your vision, like you were talking about, you're like, I'm 2015. Like, what's the problem? But sometimes other things can be found in the back of the eye. And you know, someone like you, you come in, everything's healthy. Yeah. We may say, okay, come in every two years, but not every 10. Not every 10. <laughs> it's been too long. So I've got yeah. a freckle on the outside of my eye. 
It truly looks like a speck freckle. Is that a normal thing? Is that, as long as it doesn't change. It's not like Has eyeball it been there cancer. A long time? I don't know. I don't get a look at it very yeah. often. That's my That's problem. Crazy. Yeah. It's been there since before we were together. So yeah. So as long as something like that doesn't change, it's usually fine. But you know, like it looks like a mole. That's what yeah. I'm like. Is it could it yeah. be um, melanoma? Can you get melanoma the eyeball from You can. So like we have a tanning bed next door and I've opened my eyes in it. Yeah. Is that what that is? Probably not, but I can't say until I look at you first. You're a doctor. I'm going to diagnose over the Diagnose me over this. All right. Okay. Well, we'll have to try out your machine. I know. I'm like, okay, now you want to go look at it. It's like when you get a... My wife's an ER nurse, so she'll point at a mole and be like, you should get this checked out. I'm like, what? Am I dying? No. Well, same thing with dermatologists. If she has something, they'll be like, just watch it. Make sure it doesn't change in size or color or borders and... You're probably fine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm stressed out drinking. Now you're going to call and make an eye appointment or just walk I am. Here. I am. So um, would you say that your business has increased with more people, more and more? I feel like more and more people have vision care now than they have in the past. Would you agree? Possibly. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, some people have eye insurance and some people don't. Of course, we'll do both, you know. It's and relatively same, affordable for somebody is. without. Yes. I mean, yes. everybody thinks they have to have insurance to go see an eye doctor. You're exactly right. That's right. why and I it's have not It's a little done. bit different, you know, mentality. But I always look at it. I'm like, you know what? What I spend on getting my hair done is about the same as what it probably costs to come see me without having insurance. And we do that. I, you know, I get my hair cut and colored. So, you know, get the health of your eyes checked too. Yeah. Once but you're every right. Some years. people are. I think they think it's going to be astronomical. Yes. But again, we do promote good products, good frames, good lenses. I'm not trying to compete with some of the more corporate or lower ones. I stand by, you know, my products and yeah, yeah, just like we're talking about the difference between private practice versus corporate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's um, yeah, I'm I'm mostly in my own head thinking about my own eye health right now and trying to figure out how to schedule something. So we'll work that out after and off air. <laughs> um, so let's kind of talk about. Your renovation of the building. Okay. So what made you make the decision to jump from there to here? Just because you were still renting or? Well, yes. I was needing more space. Yes. So, and at the time I was wondering if Dr. Lau would want to, you know, sell the building, but he wasn't interested at the time. So just needing some more space. So one of my patients had mentioned to me about the former, you know, police department being available. And I was like, well, I've never been over there. So we um, came and looked at it and had a vision, <laughs> literally, yeah. um, to do that. And then Joe Kentner's the one who did all of our, you know, remodel and construction, and it's great. Yeah, it's a gorgeous yeah. place. We like it, yeah. And we have a lot, and people, when they look at it from the outside, it doesn't look very big, but by having the upstairs area, too, that's where we can put a lot of our storage stuff. Well, just like you guys, like you have the upstairs yep. also. I know, I'm like, I can't imagine. Most people don't know that, that we even have upstairs right. on these buildings right here on this side. Yeah, so that was definitely the attractive part, too, of it. Yeah, a lot of yeah. hidden storage, a lot right. of hidden space. And, you know, we were able to make the hallways wider, handicap accessible, handicap accessible, you know, bathroom, and just make it our own. I mean, I was fine with where I was over there, but we had a shared reception area with dentistry and optometry. And now, you know, anyone who walks through your door is wanting, going to be seeing you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, even at our <laughs> office, we get a lot of people that swing in and they go, hey, uh, this is, where's the eye doctor? <laughs> and I said, oh, you really do need glasses. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's it's turned into it like funny, after though. twelve people. To me, it's always funny. To them, they go and they just walk back out. And I go, well, that was a good one. You're like, yeah, did you the, get la- that? the last person laughed. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so then they jump out and they walk next door. So yeah. and I actually, before I even um, did that, I actually came over and met with your dad um, a long time ago 
you know, just be like, hey, like, what do you know about this? Do you know any issues or anything with the building or what? You know, since I was going to be a neighbor, so. Yeah. Yeah. So the town of Pendleton, um, they technically owned that building, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they worked, they worked pretty good hand-in-hand with you? They were. They were amazing. Yes. Very good. Well, they were great about letting me, you know, of course I did all the things, like had my floor plans, you know, submitted to them and all the permits and everything, but they were really good to work with. Yeah. They're yeah. good people. Yes. And then, so you guys all parked on that back half of the uh, building. Mm-hmm. You have back access. Do you guys have a rooftop anything back there? Mm-mm. I'm looking for somebody with a rooftop bar. The laundromat <laughs> would work, but it's throwing dust up from the dryers. <laughs> so you wouldn't have very good food because you'd be getting too much lint in it. Yes. It just wouldn't work. So we'll have to talk to somebody, maybe Bob Post or somebody Who has downtown. A rooftop. <laughs> yeah, we need somebody with a rooftop bar downtown. I wouldn't mind one. Yeah. I wouldn't mind one. So looking at the future, long term, your dad currently comes in a couple days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Just one day. Mm-hmm. How old's your dad? 68. 68? Gosh, he's young. He's got plenty of time in yeah. him. Yeah. He'll probably, I mean, he had always told me, you know, when he started working with me, which has been great, um, probably till he's about 70. 70, so he's got two years. How old's your oldest? Yeah. Um, 11. Okay, so she doesn't have enough time to get through school. Oh, she doesn't want to do anything. Like she doesn't want to be an optometrist? No. Neither one of them? I don't know about Taylor, my youngest. I don't know. It'd be perfect. I know. The family business. Well, you kind of did the same thing, working with your dad. Yeah. I yeah. ran away, didn't want to do it, and came then back. came back and said, okay, I'm going to make this work. Yeah, and it's a blast. Yeah. How is it working with your dad? It's good. We're actually there on different days, so I, I see patients um, every day No wonder day it's Tuesday. so good. <laughs> yes. And he sees patients on Tuesday. Now, sometimes we're there, you know, at the same time. But typically, that's my day off during the week to run errands, appointments. All the other stuff. All the other stuff as the mom side of it, like you meant. And business owner. You know, a lot of times I'll, I have an office upstairs in the building. So that's where I can just catch up on everything, you know, to not take away from my patient days. Yeah. Yeah. So... When he steps away, are you going to take an extra day off? Or are you going back in? Are you going to pick no, up an extra I'll day? Somebody. I'll need to hire somebody else. Yeah. There you go. I'm yeah. telling you, if we can just get those girls a little bit older. <laughs> I've seen kids graduate high school at 14. They're mostly online and go to Stanford afterwards. <laughs> I don't think that's what mine will be doing. <laughs> you never know. You never know. So you're from Newcastle originally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, other than a job, what drew you to Pendleton? That was pretty much it. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but literally, I mean, if you think about when you're graduating graduate school and you are looking for a job and it was a private practice, it seemed great. And I was living in Newcastle, so I commuted, you know, which wasn't far. Um, but then the only, so the only thing I knew of Pendleton, my cousin went to school here. So that was the only thing I knew of Pendleton other than always driving through on State Road 38 to go to Indianapolis from Newcastle. But I quickly fell in love with the town and live here and everything too. And, yeah. and that was one of the pieces of advice. It's interesting when we had the business appraised, you know, before I bought it in 04, as the person who appraised it had suggested, like, you know, it's really important for you to live in the community that you The appraiser in. said that. The appraiser did, which is wow. interesting, right? And at the time I was living in Newcastle, I'm like, no, it'll be fine, you know. But then after three years, I moved, you know, over here, um, and I do love Pendleton, and, you know, of course, now my kids are involved in school, and because in the beginning, people, you know, be like, well, how do you know these people? Well, they were my patients. That's really all I knew. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, have other ways of getting to know people, whether it's through my kids or different organizations you're involved in, things like that, too. Yeah. So, Pendleton's such a tight-knit community, too. Yes. That's such good advice from an appraiser. Yeah. 
He was an optometrist also, so he was yeah. a retired optometrist. So he came in and gave you some good friendly advice as he a twenty five year old buying a business. Yeah. Like I would look to move here. That's amazing. And we did. Yeah. And it's worked out ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez Louise. That is good advice. And some people may not that might not be their personality. Yeah. You know. Um, I but if you're a small town optometrist, yeah. and if you like people, which obviously you and I like people, that's what we do. We work with people all day and day. I was going to say that's okay. Yeah, maybe more introverts or things like that need the time away. But I'll never forget it was it was Mother's Day, which is ironic. Sunday morning, and I my kids were little. I was like, I've got to go buy my mom a Mother's Day card. So I went into Marsh, you know, which is Needlers now. It's like six thirty in the morning to buy a card, and of course, wasn't ready at all. Probably jumped out of bed in my pajamas. Pretty yeah. much went to the store. No one's going to see me at 6.30 in the morning. I'm literally looking at cards. Someone looks at me she's like, I think you're my eye doctor. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. So that's small town for you. Like, so at least you, now you, we you, have masks. You, so you go, I'm... I was like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, can't get away with anything, right? Well, that's kind of the... We go to the stable in my... Casey calls it Mayor Sean, and it's not Mayor Sean, it's Mayor Mike. So yeah. Mayor Mike's really bad about it, but it'll take me 25 minutes to get to where we're, we need to sit down. Because you get you yeah. see everybody, and yeah. that's kind of the fun part. Yeah, I do like that part of it. Like I said, that would not be for everybody to work in a small town and live in a small town, but I like that, and obviously you do too. It's expanding, Yeah. so if you don't like it, then that's going to be tough, <laughs> because it's only going to get busier, and there's only going to be more yeah. people, and yeah, yeah, trying to put a face to a name, and... The mask part makes it tough. Does it that does. make it tough trying to guess who your patients are as they walk in? I, I imagine you have an itinerary. Yeah, we do. So for the most part, you know. Yeah, but I saw someone at Meyer the other day, and she's like, hi. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I do know you. Yeah. Go like this. I know. It's like, yeah, we both had masks on, of course. So, but we, yeah. Makes things crazy. So long-term future of Pendleton Family Optometry. Are you guys doing anything big, new changes? Um, um, acquisitions? No, not really. New doctors. I, me, no, like I was telling you. Just want a normal year after last yeah, year? I know. You almost feel like, okay, let's just hold for not make any changes. So um, one of my staff members who had been with me for 14 and a half years, she's moving to Tennessee. So that's been hard. Mm-hmm. She hasn't moved yet. But, so, you know, so that's a major change because I was like, oh, my gosh, you've been working with me that long. Like, she's totally seen me grow up from 27 to 42. Um but then one of my other staff members who had left, she's come back to work with me. She just started back again this week. So that's exciting, too. I feel like, you know, we always, whatever the circumstances, leaves on good terms, you know. Um, so that's going to be a little change for the year. But my staff's great. Like, they, they work really hard. We work well together. So we're truly blessed. Um, but like you said, in the next year or so, probably bring in another doctor um, as dad, you know, phases out. And, you know, they might go to Florida next winter. So they've never done that, but they've been looking. So. Okay. So I might be working really hard next January, February. I will be working five days a week. Yeah. When you're asking, are you going to work more? Yeah. Well, at least you'll have um, somewhere to vacation to at some point. That's what I told him. I said, if you're gone for more than a month, I'll be headed down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll book a flight. We'll we meet will. you. Yeah. We'll, we'll book a place to stay with you. So um, talk about staff because mm-hmm. I think that especially small town staff, like you're not just a number. I mean, like, they're people. They're great human beings. You've had – so who's – was your person of 17, 16 years, the longest-running mm-hmm. employee you've had? Yes. Uh-huh. How many – is there a lot of changeover, a lot of turnover? I don't feel like I've had a lot of turnover. I'm sure that's all, you know, subjective mm-hmm. you know, when you look at different businesses. So when I bought the practice in 2004, I was lucky. I mean, the staff stayed. Nobody left. Um, the one office manager, she kind of retired when I brought my other one on. 
and then another one worked with me for probably another 10 years or so. So I have had some staff come and go, but just kind of like with any business. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it seems like they leave on good terms and they still come back to see me for eye exams. So I take that as a compliment from them, you know, that hopefully even though it didn't work out working as an employee, we're still, you know, friends and everything. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, we're it's, still friends on Facebook. Yeah. I haven't been blocked for any reason. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you hope that if it didn't work out as a job, you're still a good um, person to be around and they still trust you, you know, with their eye care and needs and family and stuff. But that's another good thing about Pendleton, just like you were talking about when I was telling you, seeing all the different ages, you know, it's awesome when I see like grandparents and parents and kids. I mean, sometimes you have three to four generations. I mean, how cool is that? Plus, you're now seeing kids yeah. grow up and go to prom, um, and all the ones that you watch, the little eyeballs get yeah. big. Do eyeballs get bigger, or are they the same size from the time you're born? I read a statistic that they're the same size the day you're born to the day you die. Is that real? Well, they change just a little bit, so but not much. Yeah. How? Just a little bit. Just as you grow and mature a little bit, like the diameter gets a little bit bigger. Yeah. What's the difference? What how, What's the change? So how big's my? So is my eyeball bigger than your eyeball? Well, we all have different sizes. Okay. So, yeah, or different apertures, like how wide open or how like squinty they are, just based on our anatomy. But what yeah. about the ball itself? Yeah. If I were to take it out of my he- my head and I were to hold my <laughs> eyeball, they can be different sizes. Yes. Would this one be different than this one? I don't know. We have to get your eyes checked to find out. What a crazy thing! <laughs> Eyeballs are crazy. So. um... How does cataracts work? Okay. So... I'm sure the listeners... I know they're probably like, am I bored? Or they're probably going like, where the hell is he getting these questions from? Yeah, he doesn't even have any paper, guys. He's just coming up with it. So, yeah, these are are my real questions. What what is cataracts? Yes. So, you see your pupil, right? The black part of the eye. Right behind that is your natural lens. So, everyone has a natural lens in their eye. Mm -hmm. And what a cataract is, typically, is just a gradual yellowing or hardening of the lens in the eye. So, we typically think about that in our... Patients as they age, mm-hmm. typically 60s and 70s, but patients can be born with cataracts, called congenital cataracts, or they could have a traumatic cataract, like if they had an injury or something like that too. But, you know, surgery can fix it. So how does the surgery work? You just, I'm, I took my grandpa once. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So obviously you refer to an ophthalmologist who specializes in cataract surgery, and they make a small incision, about three millimeters, pretty little. And they go inside the eye and they take out the cataract lens and then they implant a new lens. You actually get a brand new lens. Huh. You and you never have to do it again. It's done and you don't have to worry about it. it you is. can't get cataracts over the fake lens. Afterwards. Why um, don't we do pre-cataracts surgeries? You can. Oh. Yeah. Is that kind of like LASIK? It's kind of, Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like a vision correction surgery because we know that patients are going to get cataracts at some point in time, right? So you could go in early and take out that lens but make it a vision correction surgery so you're actually seeing better. Isn't that wild? So I don't know how contacts work. Um, could you put contacts in there? Is that the vision correction surgery? Is that the idea is like you put a certain prescription model inside the eye? Yes. So when they go through their cataract surgery consultation, you know, you're talking about your grandpa, like good candidate for it. They measure the length of the eye. You know how you asked me about that, the length and shape and everything. And then the surgeons come up with a specific lens that will fix that vision correction. And but, I don't even understand all that yeah, because I'm not a Yeah, so as, as that gets – because you would think it would degenerate more over time and you yes. need to switch it out with another one. Yeah, but it doesn't. Interesting. 
But now patients can afterwards, about a third, fourth of patients will get a little secondary film mm -hmm. along the back capsule of the lens. And so sometimes they will have to go back in and just have a laser treatment done. Um, so it's kind of, people will be like, oh, I got cataracts again. You didn't really get them again. It's just the way that those cells deposited on the back capsule, but it can be treated. So, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. So um, I got another good question. So you've seen FBI movies. You know how they walk up to the thing and they put their eye over it? Are eyeballs like um, fingerprints? They can be because they talk about your iris, like the colored, you know, part of the eyes. Yeah. It's kind of like a fingerprint. But I don't know a lot about that, so I'm not going to ask like I do. <laughs> Well, yeah, like iris recognition. I just, retina. I didn't know like if, retina. retina, that's what retina. I'm thinking of. Yeah, more the retina, more inside the eye, but your iris too. So yeah. So but I don't know exactly. That's how, how you works. guys get in next door. <laughs> All your staff, you have their retinas. Oh, yeah. So, so, so they can no, open their stations. No, we have old school key. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll catch up. I mean, someday. Yeah. So as technology advances, um, do, you, do people who actually wear Google Glasses? Are Google Glasses a thing? Is that like the direction? I don't know. Yeah. Do you I'm remember not, those? Yes. I don't think they actually ever came out. Right. I think it was talked about, but I don't know from a production standpoint or price point if that was ever feasible. So. Yeah. Is that, I mean, like, well, do I you think, think that's kind of the scary direction? Because they talk about things being projected. I mean, walking around and things being projected, like, you know, we talk about texting and people driving, that's let alone point. if you're glasses are projecting something I don't but know but you would think that they would connect to Apple CarPlay somehow and oh, only show if can. it's like the red yeah. you know how like your car will sometimes like shoot up the red thing yeah uh, we were in a rental car one time and I did that and it scared like, me but like yeah. I, I don't know the, do you think that there's going to be mechanical like um, eyeballs like the ones that you see in <laughs> Terminator <laughs> I know these sound like off the wall made up questions and the ones that you weren't expecting but these yeah. are what the people want to know yeah do is that the future of eye care? Is it Terminator eyeballs? I mean, <laughs> I like Terminator eyeballs. Um, I just think definitely with technology, you know, everything keeps getting better. So I mean, I've seen a lot in 17 years. Just I was telling you about the refractive lens exchange, where you can have early cataract surgery and correct your vision if you're not a candidate for LASIK. You know, yeah. LASIK and PRK is great, but really, anyone in their 40s or over is still going to have to wear some type of reading glasses. Well. If you do a better technology lens or have a surgery done, you can have that multifocal where you can see distance in the air. But it's a price, you know. Not yeah. that I do, but that I refer to someone who does that all the time. Um, so I think we're going to see that. Contact lenses um, are getting better. You know, there's multifocal contacts or bifocal contacts. And some of it works for some people and some people it doesn't. You know, again, talking about eyes, a lot of times it's based on your pupil size. You know, how how they adjust to light and everything. So there's lots of technology out there, but I think there's still a lot of research and design going into that to fit everyone's needs. And you think about how much we're more on computers, cell phones, things like that. Is you know, blue light actually done? Yeah, well, yeah. So, you know, talking more about blue light filters and glasses, you know, patients who don't have prescription, you know, I'm, I tell them all the time, I'm fine if you go on Amazon and get a Plano pair, you know, if you're in front of that, Plano means no prescription, but yeah. you know, has this smart blue filter. But of course, in patients who are getting prescription glasses, we definitely have that conversation. Like, how long are you on your computer? Kids on Chromebooks, you know? I mean, you just think well, if about, it's eight hours a day, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, I'm on my computer well, yesterday, 17 hours. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's just, and I don't wear anything. My head yeah. never hurts, so I just assume that my eyes are still 2015. Yeah. But, but we've just learned about that for the past couple of years that, you know, LED lights, 
um, cell phones and you know computers slowly emit a different wavelength of light, which is in the blue spectrum. And so, you know, having something to protect, does it truly, you know, I, I think we won't know now, but years down the road, if it helped or not, but I would rather. Are, are you seeing any people with degenerative issues because of it? Not I don't that, think computers have been around long right, enough. Not that we know of necessarily. Now it would be interesting to consult like a retinal specialist on that. You know, a retinal specialist deals with all the retina, like we talked about, so looking at the maculas, things like that, if they feel like they've seen a change um, in that, say, over the last five years. So, yeah. yeah. But basically with us, you know, the bi- biggest thing is to make sure they're protected in their glasses or sunglasses or contact lenses, and then we see something odd, then I'm going to refer to a great doctor who will take good care yeah. of them. Yeah. Oh, my. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, well, this next question is going to really be a hard hitter. Why do we have eyelashes? Why? Yeah. Like, I don't get them. Like, I, they don't yeah. do anything. Girls put stuff on them. Right. Um, well, so, I mean, the reason we have eyelashes and eyebrows is obviously to keep things from getting in our eyes. So, you know, kind of catches it, catches it. Before oh, I guess eyes. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That was a very easy answer. I guess yeah. I could have Googled that myself. Well, no, you mean, I'll tell you if I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, that's why we have lashes and brows and everything. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's an easy enough answer. How did you think of that? Were you just sitting here like... Well, I'm just staring at your eyes now. And I'm going, <laughs> so I wonder like, what kind of I'm good questions... I'm going to ask everything about these eyes. Well, if... <laughs> you know, people have a lot of questions. They okay. want to know Megan Jones, but most of them want to know why do we have eyelashes. Okay. Um, so if you could go back in time and talk to 25-year-old Megan Jones mm-hmm. and you say, hey, Megan Jones, this is where we are today, Megan Jones, what would Megan Jones say? Don't stress. Don't stress? Don't stress. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, just over starting a business and the money and is it all going to work out, you know, and you talk to other doctors in my profession and they'll be like, give it five to 10 years. And, you know, my dad would say the same thing. Megan, you don't remember the first five to 10 years of struggling as a private practice, you know, business owner. And I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like you and I were talking about working many days a week and hoping people are going to come in and support your business and now we're, we've been blessed by Pendleton. I mean, and surrounding communities. I mean, I see people from different communities too, but you know, this has been great. And you know, I plan to, this to be my job for the rest of my life. I don't plan to go anywhere else, but I would say don't stress. And I know that's hard to say um, looking back, but. Yeah, when you're 25, you're just trying to eat. Yeah, yeah. Keep it, or when I watched one of my webinars during the time we were off for COVID, I mean, literally a doctor came on there and said, your job is to feed your family and keep them sheltered, like in a house. Everything else, stop for now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't sleep that night because it was like, wow, that's pressure, right? Mm-hmm. But it all worked out. Yeah. And I think the older I get, I mean, I'm a definitely a type A personality. I think you have to be for what I do, but I've gotten a little bit better to not sweat the small stuff as much. Now, if Ricky was sitting here, he may not agree with that. He's very laid back, chill. We balance each other very well. That's what you need. Yes. Need somebody to mellow you back out. Yeah, he may be like, "Mm, I don't know if that's improved much over the past however many years. Well, that's a a tough thing. That's always, it's a constant, you know, battle within yourself, especially because you are two great things. I mean, you're a a doctor, you're a master of your craft, and at the same time, you're running a business. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough just running a business, let alone yeah. trying to, you know, combine the two and make them work. But I do like both of them. That's a funny thing. You were asking about, like, in school, and I was like, no, we didn't have much business training. But as I've learned over the years, you know, good and bad things, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Don't stress. Try not 
try not to stress. Yes. Don't stress. It all yeah. figures itself out. It'd be interesting to see what your dad would say too if you ask him about that. Now that you guys are like in the same profession, what he would have said from starting different things and yeah. Yeah. It's, or, or asking my dad, you know, when we think about them being in the same business that you and I, you know, are yeah. in, like what they would tell their. And they probably tried to tell us that a long time ago, but we didn't listen. <laughs> Do you ever catch yourself saying the exact same things your dad told you to other people? Um, maybe. It's funny, and I've had some patients who've now seen both of us, and they'll be like, yeah, you guys do some things similarly. So yeah, that's been kind of neat, you know, because obviously I respected him and what he did and kind of did the same profession. So it's kind of a compliment, I think, you know, if they've seen him and then they see me, and that's all okay. Yeah, that's all we're trying to do is keep make yeah. our parents happy <laughs> at the end of the day. That's all we've all wanted to do. I don't want that I'm disappointed in you phase. Yeah. Golly. And then everybody grows up and does their own thing, and then there's kids and running around and baseball and yeah, doing the whole doggone thing. Well, thank you for yes, thank the you. explanation of eyeballs and how they work for the most part. I yes. do have more questions. Um, can you get LASIK again? I I'm, I was going to close it out, but this is no. a good question. Can so, you get yes. LASIK a second time? Because yes. so my dad has really bad eyes, uh-huh. but he got LASIK back in 04, mm-hmm. which is like early, early times to get LASIK. Right. So they can do an enhancement. Um, it, when they do LASIK, basically, and I don't have a drawing, but when they do LASIK... There's a whiteboard. No, it's all right. Do you want to draw it out for everybody <laughs> like it's a webinar? No. Um, when they do LASIK, basically, they create a flap. So you still have a hinge, right? So this is your pretend this is your flap, cornea lifted up. They treat this part of the eye, flap goes back down, right? And then your vision's corrected. Mm-hmm. Depending on when the surgery is done or how old the flap is, they will either relift the flap and retreat it. Let's call that enhancement. Or they will do a procedure called PRK, mm-hmm. which with PRK, instead of having the flap, they remove that whole top layer, treat the cornea. I know it sounds bad, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. They put a bandage lens on the eye. The patient leaves that in for about four days, and gradually that cornea just grows back and is treated. So there's no stitches involved in anything on the eyeball? You just you there just put it back. Be. Yeah, there can definitely be stitches and seizures. Not, we don't see it as much anymore. Though. Staples? No. <laughs> <laughs> no staples in the eyeball. No. Makes sense. But no, you don't see stitches as much anymore, just because the lasers and technology are so small. But every once in a while, I've seen them. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, one of my first internships when I was a student, I was. This would have been back in two thousand three, and I was working with a corneal specialist to so specialize in the eye. And there was a patient who had a corneal transplant. Back then, they had all these sutures, you know, like all like radial. And he was like, I went in there. I was like, okay, you know, they've got some sutures. He goes, get them out. And I said, I've never done that before. And he was like, it's okay. If you mess anything up, I'll fix it. So you can imagine that patient's like, oh, how many of these have you done? And I'm shaking. None. None. Let me just go ahead. So, Yeah. But you learn as you go, so. And that's you gotta you gotta get the <laughs> push over somehow, the edge. Otherwise, yeah, if I remember, remember, I'll never forget that day. Like, are you serious right now? But again, what are you? You're a student. You gotta do it. Like you, gotta learn. Being the patient. I know that poor patient. Thank goodness for numbing drops, right? Yeah, they had no idea. They had no idea. Yeah. Well, at least they're part of your memory now. Yes. And their eyes probably fine. They were fine. Nobody got sued, so we're no. probably probably okay <laughs> yeah. at this point. Golly. Well, Megan, I'm going to close it out on this one. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming in. The town appreciates you. Um, You have a beautiful building. If anybody needs to get a hold of Megan or they need to get a hold of Pendleton Family Optometry, it is right down here on downtown Pendleton, 120? Yep. 120 East State Street. Um, They can be found online. Um, 
Uh, the yellow pages, most likely. Do you have a yellow page? I do. See, they're in the yellow pages. <laughs> um, and if you guys stop in and are off on accident, then I apologize and I'll say the same funny <laughs> joke to you that you need some glasses. So, Megan, thank you. Yes, thank you. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com or feel free to email me directly which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com we'll see you guys next week